This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha Ha Laugh Funny Mention It All, a Bravo by Betches podcast. We don't say that, but now we said it. With Dylan Hafer. We'll go check, Nemo. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I'm Dylan Hafer, coming to you just like every Friday by myself, talking about Top Chef. Yes, 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 we are getting down to the wire. Down to the wire, only five chefs left, and we're going to get into everything from this week's episode. But first, I have very important business to attend to because I owe you all a review on the Sutton Strack Peach Cobbler Pancake, actually crepe, cake from Lady M because I tried it. Oh, I tried it. And let me tell you, this cake is delicious. This cake... Okay, first of all, I have never tried the Lady M crepe cake before in any flavor variety. You know, I I was aware of it. I thought it looked good. I thought it sounded appealing, but I've just never, uh, I've never dabbled. So when they did kindly reach out to me and ask if I would like to receive a cake, and I said, yes, I would like to receive a cake, and they, they pulled through. And this cake, it is okay. First of all, it's a work of art. You can go on, you can go on Instagram. I, I posted, some, you know, it's beautiful. The peach pieces on top are arranged in a little floral type of design, very appealing. The little crumble around the sides, perfection. And the the crepey pancakiness that Sutton was referring to. Oh my God, the attention to detail on this thing. And then you cut into it, and it is so light and airy and creamy, kind of like almost like a cream. I was going to say gooey, but that's really not the right word. That's that, yeah, no, that's not not gooey. The creamy consistency of all those layers of crepe mixed with the filling, the, I, I don't know, the frosting, whatever it is. Like, if you've listened to these Friday episodes, you know I don't know how to talk about food in like a fancy way. And let me tell you, this is... Fancy as fuck. And then you bite into it, and it's just like, it like melts in your mouth. Melts in your mouth. You know, the thing about cake sometimes, this, I'm getting into my Tom Colicchio bag right now. The thing about cake sometimes is it can be really dry. You know, like, I don't want to eat a cake that's like bread that's a little bit sweet. I love bread, even sweet bread. But if it's cake, I want it to be moist. I want it to be delectable. And this cake, all of those things, because the crepe makes it just so light and so airy and so wonderful. And I'm not even the biggest peach person. Go listen to the Beverly Hills episode from yesterday. I said I wasn't the biggest peach fan, so I wasn't sure how I was going to feel about this cake. Delicious. 10 out of 10. Thank you so much, Lady M, Sutton. Great work. Fabulous. Obsessed. But anyway, let's talk about Top Chef. We're still in Galveston, still at that cursed Verbo 
where we're doing sh- judges table inside and they're headed back to Houston for a final challenge. But before they do, they are to meet Tom at the docks in Galveston the next morning and they give them some motion sickness pills and ding, ding, ding. We're going to be on a boat. <laughs> they meet Tom and Don at the docks. There is no quick fire this episode. Instead, they are going fishing. They're going out on these boats and these are like legit ass fishing boats. They're like in the ocean, I think. Gulf of Mexico, actually. I know they're in the Gulf of Mexico. I'm good at geography. They get taken out on the boat by deckhand Donnie and Captain Cody, who sound like personalities you could say in like a gay porn. Deckhand Donnie and Captain Cody. Eh, I'll workshop that. But they're going fishing and they, with whatever fish they catch, they're going to have to cook two dishes for the judges table. And they're going to have to showcase two different preparations of fish, seafood, whatever you want to say. So the pressure is on in the fishing department because for whatever they don't catch, they only get $200 total to spend at, they go to like a a fish market and a Whole Foods. So like that's not a lot of money because they're cooking for seven people. And of course it has to be gourmet. So they go out, they're like struggling at first it seems like nobody's going to catch anything. And then this challenge is going to be like a big old flop. But then like whatever Bravo producer is on the, like the boat that we don't see must like dump some fish in the water because all of a sudden everybody starts catching these like big ass fish and all is not lost. Sarah, however, catches kind of the least I felt for her. I used to go fishing like with my grandpa when I was a kid, but I didn't really like fish at that point. So like, catching fish was not that exciting to me. Whereas everybody else was like, Oh, like you caught a big fish like dinner. And I'm like, I would rather just eat like Mac and cheese. But anyway, a lot of people catch a lot of fish. I was impressed. I'd be impressed with anything, but you know, they do their shopping. Sarah is still a little like self-conscious about being back in the group because she missed so much when she was over in last chance kitchen, but she is making, they have to make two dishes and they don't have a lot of time. She's making a pseudo crudo and also pastrami out of fish. Out of everybody in this challenge, she definitely had the most kind of out there concepts of her dishes. We saw a lot of people that are like, oh, I'm doing like a blackened fish. Oh, I'm doing like a, you know, like a roasted whatever snapper. And it's like, okay, you're like cooking, you're cooking fish. Like that's normal. Like it could be really amazing. It could be really delicious, but it's not like groundbreaking. Like Evelyn and Nick both do a taco. Buddha's doing, uh, actually, oh, so let's just say Buddha and Sarah are the two people who are kind of like galaxy braining this challenge. Like they're the ones who have real ideas here. And for Buddha, he says, I'm going a bit all in on this challenge. And it's like, yeah, of course you are. He wants to do fish inside chips. He wants to do, you know, another like stuffed thing. Uh, I literally in my notes, I wrote steamed redfish stuffed with some stuff. I'm sorry. I can't describe it in any more detail. It looked impressive. And the judges fucking ate, ate that shit up literally and figuratively. But anyway, it's a struggle. They don't have much time. They don't have much time this time. But what is remarkable is that Buddha messes up his potatoes. Sarah messes up her stock. But they both recover beautifully. At the judges' table, they can literally hear Sarah like screaming in the kitchen. And they're like, um, is is everything okay back there? Like, what's what's up? Like, girly, are you good? And then she comes out, presents two beautiful dishes and they're like obsessed with her. And same with Buddha. He, his like 
potato idea doesn't really work. So he just does like a crispy potato on the top. I don't even think they notice. This is, you know that this is a good cover-up when you don't have to explain that it was a cover-up. Because there are so many times on this show where somebody's like, they're like, uh, did you mean to do this? And they're like, yeah. So the thing is, I didn't. <laughs> the thing the thing is, that was an emergency uh, set plan B. And I know it's probably bad. But with Buddha and with Sarah, they just recover so perfectly. And that, you know, that's the mark of a top chef. If it wasn't clear, those two moving on to the final. Sarah wins the challenge. It's really exciting for her. Obviously, coming back after being in Last Chance Kitchen for so long is a great achievement. And, you know, I last week I was kind of doubting her. I was kind of doubting her. Congrats to the two of them. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they're the only shapewear that won't ever roll down no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com slash MIA. When talking about shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering just the perfect amount of compression. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. Moving down the list. Evelyn for the last challenge in Houston, of course, wants to showcase her heritage, her culture, the food that she knows best, loves to cook. So she's making a caldo de pescado, like a, a fish soup kind of, and an al pastor taco. And she she does fine. The big issue people have with Evelyn this week is that she has just played it safe. Padma tells her, I know you can make a taco in your sleep. And the thing is, they're right. I am. I have been team Evelyn for much of this season. I'm a big Evelyn fan. And I think this week she did play it a little safe, but thankfully it was enough. She moves on to the final four, (laughs) which leaves us sadly with Nick and Damar. The thing about Nick and Damar is I feel like both of them have had some really bright spots in the competition. Nick specifically is, you know, he's known as the baker because he has all the dough. He's won like all these little challenges, but neither of them to me has ever quite like leveled up to where they feel like kind of a top contender. I know they're in the final five, so it sounds stupid to say they're not a top contender, but like, I feel like Evelyn has had those moments. Buddha has had those moments. Uh, Even like Jay had had those moments before she went home, maybe Ashley a little bit. Yeah. I feel like Nick and Damar have been like really solid, but never quite like, locking in. And this time, you know, they just kind of, they dropped the ball a little bit. I knew right away, basically, that Nick was going to go home. Because the thing with Damar, they said his fish in the crudo was bland. His other blackened fish, they liked. 
for the most part. You know, it was overall, it felt like there were complaints, but not like major issues. But the thing with Nick was that he made a taco and a fish cake. The fish was crunchy, but overcooked. The tortilla, I gotta be honest, it looked like shit. The shape, I don't know. Did he run out of time? It looked like very haphazard. And then this fish cake. I mean, the fish cake is... He forgot to put like some type of binding ingredient in the batter or the mixture for the fish cake. And so it's just like loose ingredients. It never solidifies into like a cake. And while the judges enjoy some of the flavors, it's like if you're calling something a, a cake, it has to be like one object. You think I wanted to sit down and eat Sutton's pancake cake if it was going to be just like a loose smattering of like frosting and peaches? That sounds delicious. But I wouldn't be on here raving about how it was a 10 out of 10 cake. I would have been like, it tasted good, but what the fuck was that? Yeah. So Nick, Nick goes home and I got emotional. Well, first of all, I got emotional when they told Evelyn she made the finale because (laughs) apparently I cry every time Evelyn is on screen, but I also got emotional because when they were waiting for the judge's decision, Nick and Damar's bond is so nice. Like Damar called Nick his big brother and they were talking about how much it had meant to make it through this competition with somebody else that looked like them and I really, I mean, I, I always think Top Chef does a great job of highlighting these kind of diverse perspectives and stories and all of that. But it's like, oh, it really, it, it's great. It really warms my heart. And for Nick to go home so close to the end, I know he's really, I know he's sad. I know he's sad to go. But he, you know, he has that Mississippi pride. He's going home with a whole bunch of money, which good for him. And I'm just, I'm happy for him. And I'm happy with this top four. I still think that Buddha and Evelyn are the chefs to beat, uh, but you never know. And Padma tells us, not just pack your knives, pack your bags, because we're heading to one of the only UNESCO cities of gastronomy in the U.S., Tucson, Arizona. Now, did anyone else know, or is anyone aware, tell me in a five-star review, is Tucson known as like a, a... gastronomy capital of anything. I'm not being shady. I just am not aware of that reputation. If that reputation exists, I was expecting when she was like hyping it up. I'm like, Oh, like, I don't know what like UNESCO city of gastronomy means, but I assume it's going to be like New York or San Francisco or like, you know, am I just like big city biased? Tucson is a city. I mean, like, I'm excited. Don't get me wrong. I'm not like being shady about Tucson. I just like didn't know. And so I'm curious if like, if I'm the not, the like stupid one, <laughs> tell me in a five-star review if I'm the stupid one. How's that sound? That's it for me anyway. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening. Have a great weekend. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show. Follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. 
Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a wild berry splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches.